I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Let's go. Happy Friday. I'm ready, Kyle. Yeah, shout out Mrs. Mack in the chat today. Wheezy, Wheezy got the belt. He was the first person in the chat. Uh, but Mrs. Mack said, happy Friday. And I said, you know what? It is. It is a very happy Friday. It's Super Bowl this weekend. We got a Kings game tonight. We got another Kings game Sunday leading into the Super Bowl. That's going to be a great sports day. It's going to be a great sports weekend. Yeah, great sports weekend, man. I'm I'm fired up. Uh, That's James. I'm Kyle. Possibly joining the show, but doubtful. Listed as doubtful, but not entirely off the the table. Uh, Trista Crick may or may not join the show. Oh. TBD. TBD. At 11.30. She has meetings. She is down in, in Las Vegas. She's got a million things happening. But she was like, I will try my best to make time for you guys. I was like, you got it. James, you're out of here at 11.30. I am. I have to get to the all-important Monty McNair press conference. Yeah. Just really, really get to the... get to The, the nitty-gritty yeah. of... Get, get of down to brass tacks. The Robin Lopez the, yeah. transaction. The, the acquisition and subsequent waiving of, of legendary Kings two-time... Kings legend, yeah, Robin Lopez. Yeah, what was your favorite memory of the Robin Lopez era this time? Um, it was when he was tweeting about how much he appreciated being a teammate of Patrick Beverly's for an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, it's a good memory. Really, really good. It it was all right. Yep. Uh, Super Bowl is on Sunday. The 49ers taking on the Chiefs. Three thirty p.m. is the kickoff down at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I think that the 49ers need to win this Super Bowl if they want to get one during Kyle Shanahan's tenure. Oh, that's a bold statement. I mean, like, they're running out of time. Their window is is closing, slightly closing. Yeah, dude, you're su- like a five-year Super Bowl window is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is really hard to do where for five years, save for 2020 when they got all banged up, but for five, ostensibly five years, you were a contender for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. And I think the thing I keep coming back to is there, there is a finite amount of times that, that you as a group and as a core can battle back to that mountaintop that's so difficult to get to. Yeah, I mean, it. it this is one of the more difficult like feats in professional sports, like finding a way to not just get, you know, to be part of the conversation, but you know, like the NFL is crazy. 
right? Yeah. Because it's not like it's not like the NBA. It's not even Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Like dynasties can be built relatively. I don't want to say relatively, but but you can build a dynasty in baseball that lasts. Yeah. You can build a dynasty in in basketball that that mm-hmm. spans like six years or eight years, or right. even if you're you can build a playoff legacy that lasts eight years. But you look at the NFL, and every year there are like one or two or three new teams in the postseason. Yeah. And like it's always changing. Like one team can can take a, a gigantic leap mm-hmm. from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe more than any other league. I mean, look at what the Eagles did last year. Yeah. And you know, so I, I think that the NFL is is unique and that it's to build something that's sustainable and lasting mm-hmm. is super difficult. Yeah. It is. So like kudos for them to get there all all these times. Mm-hmm. You gotta win one though. Like Yeah, no so here here's why I say they have to get it this year. A, the road was as well-paved as you can have to a Super Bowl. Of course. They avoided the Ravens. They avoided uh, the Cowboys. The Eagles fell apart. Mm-hmm. The, they, the team they faced in the divisional, they got the first round by uh, thanks to the Eagles collapse and, and a bad call in the Lions-Cowboys game. Yep. Uh, that That's literally why they wound up as the one seed. Um, now, they might have, you know, butterfly effect. Yeah. That game, if they need week 18, they play their dudes and they probably win. But but still, they, they get the one seed, which is very hard to get. They were as healthy as they've been in forever, which is which is enormous and, mm-hmm. and really, really hard to replicate. Like, you just can't count on the kind of health that they've had for the most part this year. I, I think, and, and if, they're, if I'm missing one, please let me know, I believe that Talanoa Hufanga is their only week one starter who does not, who is not available. For yeah, the Super Bowl. I, I, they're really, really healthy. Yeah, which is which is hard to do, and and then you come back to it's not like next year they're going to blow the team up. It's not like this is going to be an unrecognizable roster, but George Kittle, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, Kyle Uzcheck, uh Trent Williams. Trent, Trent Williams is getting getting much older. Uh, did I say George Kittle already? I think yep. I said George Kittle already. Like this is a group that is not getting much younger and has fallen short if they lose this year four out of the last five years Mm. and now you've got to get back it is so hard to go to the super bowl and then just go back look at the eagles this year look at the niners in 2020 they got bitten by the health so that's where that's where you 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 just look at next year and go okay wipe it out like going back next year is is nigh impossible so wipe that out. So now you're in 2025. Now everybody's mm. two years older. Now you got mid 30s George Kittle. Now you've got mid 30s Kyle Uzcheck, and now you've got early 30s Debo. Sam- like you see where you see where this is going. Yeah, it's just not, and you don't know what you're going to get from Brock Purdy in the post Kittle Samuel McCaffrey Trent Williams era. So this just all lines up for the 49ers and. This is not. I, this isn't. This is a 49ers related discussion. We'll bring the Chiefs in in a bit. The Chiefs are a formidable opponent, and they have uh, the the best quarterback on the planet right now, and a great head coach and a great defense. Mm-hmm. All understood. But for the 49ers, the path to this point has never is never going to be easier than it was. And I think, in fact, if they lose, it's going to be impossible with this same group to get back. And the reason I say the Kyle Shanahan era or tenure. Is because if this group's not getting there, okay, now you go through some kind of a retool or a rebuild. I don't know how long 
the 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 organization will be okay with okay missed the playoffs a couple years okay you made it first round exit at some point they're going to move on because they they want to win titles yeah i kind of feel like it's possible like as the window or the door is closing here that the addition of Brock Purdy he just kind of put his foot in the way and mm. and maybe held it open yeah and said wait 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 we might have another window here we might have and not only that but this might be the beginning of a new window. Mm-hmm. And so I'm okay with, with where they're at. I mean, you know, stars age out. And we didn't, I don't even think you mentioned like Christian McCaffrey. I did not. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old he is. Like there's a shelf life on an NFL running mm-hmm. back and that guy is, you know, like pushing the shelf life already. Yeah. You need to already have like what's next, what's next after that. You need to, you know what, Kyle, you need to do? You need to spend a third round pick on a running back this, this off season. No. No, you don't. <laughs> I think they shouldn't do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm not an advocate for firing Kyle Shanahan. I never have been. I, I, I just <laughs> if they spend a third round pick on a running back this in this year's draft, not to get past the Super Bowl, I but think if they do that, I would be heavy on the like. Eh, maybe he's not the guy. <laughs> it, it's also possible that they've earmarked one of those for a new punter. Or something, you know, yeah. a new kicker long snapper. Maybe. You know, they did get their their kicker last year with a with a high pick. Boy, did they! Yeah, yeah. Mitch Wisniewski, their punter, even fourth round pick. He's incredible. Twenty nineteen, really, really good player. Yeah, I don't imagine they'll be looking to replace him no. anytime soon. He's part of the new core. He's part of the the Bosa Purdy, yeah, Wisniewski core. <laughs> well, and you've got to you've got to find other pieces to go with that. We need mm. a second timeline here. I think. We have. We've developed a, a two-timeline team. Yeah, on accident. On accident, completely. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I will say, the one, the, one, the one kind of caveat here, is we don't know what Brock Purdy is or is not yet as a, at least in my eyes. You're, you're of the belief that he's a franchise guy. And if he is, then the Niners are going to compete and be back, and the, the bar they need to clear for talent around the quarterback is much lower. And now that's easier to to produce a, a, a championship winning roster. But if Purdy, if it turns out that you know what he's really good as long as he's got this level of of weaponry around him on offense, mm-hmm. and if not, then he's then he's you know Jimmy Garoppolo two Then you have a problem. Then you have a very very serious problem where now you either need to figure out a way to load up your roster around a quarterback that's going to cost more money. Than he is right now. I think his cap hits like a million dollars, which is which is insane. Wild, super low. It is a it is a lower percentage of the salary cap than Kurt Warner was making with the Rams in nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, look, I, I think you said whether uh, whether Brock Purdy's a franchise quarterback or not. Mm-hmm. I think he's at least to the level of a Kurt Cousins. Like he he can at least reach that. Like if you look around the league, or or we mentioned Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think he can be that without any question. Now, can he be a franchise altering perennial Pro Bowl, perennial mm-hmm. All Pro? Mm-hmm. You know, going toe to toe with uh, with you know the great Patrick Mahomes every season, mm-hmm. fighting for MVPs. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but what I do know is that he sure does look like a player that can go in there and and deliver and as long as you put some pieces around him as long as you don't do something silly like lose Brandon Ayuk this offseason or something mm-hmm. you should be able to 
like have some longevity here. I mean, I, he could be the starter for the 49ers for the next 15 years. Yeah, no doubt. But you bring up <laughs> Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. You have one combined Super Bowl appearance between them. Okay. And two NFC Championship appearances combined, and both of them belong to Matt Ryan. Okay. And, and that's where, but but to that point, to that, to that, those guys got expensive and they needed additional help on the roster that their teams were not able to provide them. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where the question is for for me with Brock Purdy. And again, I'm not deciding either way. And Sunday is certainly not gonna gonna change my mind one way or the other. Uh, we'll see how it goes on, on Sunday, and then we'll we see need like how a next year or two to see what's yeah, need, happening. Yeah, I need to see next year. I need to see potentially another playoff run. And if if you know the, if they're healthy next year and they miss the playoffs with Brock Purdy at quarterback and he regresses like crazy, mm-hmm. uh, or, or regresses to whatever mean is set for a, a seventh round pick at quarterback, then you know we'll. We'll then you talk go about get it then, Tom but. Brady. Stop. And you go get Tom Brady. Fifty-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. All right, we'll have a ton of Super Bowl talk for you. We've also got to get into this Kings Nuggets matchup for tonight. Now the Kings welcoming in the defending champs, uh, who beat the Lakers one fourteen one oh six last night. What does that matchup look like? We'll talk about it next on ESPN thirteen twenty. Sacramento Sports Center. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. All right, we're in here. Kings Nuggets tonight at Golden One Center. The Kings trying to shake off their worst loss of the year, I think, to the Detroit Pistons on Wednesday night. The Denver Nuggets, they beat the Los Angeles Lakers down at Staples Center. Crypto.com Center? Crypto.Staples Arena Center? I don't know. Something. Staples.CryptoArena.Crypto.StealYourMoney.Staples.Com.Something yeah. like dot that. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Office you, supplies and Bitcoin. And, hey, you didn't need to, like, add that little, like, I think, when you said that was the worst loss of the season. I just, I... D- d- oh, no. <laughs> That's, like, a definitive, like, Kyle. Okay. That, that was, right. like, the... You put it on a plaque. Like, the worst loss of the season. There it is. Hey! <laughs> That's you win. It's the worst loss of the season. Kyle, it was a six-win team. No, okay, fine, 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 fine. That's Although James, there that's was James a question Kyle Madsen. if that was a one of the better six-win teams in the league. Yeah, no, 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 and that's what I thought. That was a great, a great question in Mike Brown's presser. Uh, was was are they one of the better six-win teams in the league? And I, I think that that was that was proven right because they looked more like twelve to thirteen wins. On, they, on Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, at the end of it, they look like a seven-win team. Boy, did they. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just, like I said, I know that people have different definitions of bad loss and this and that. And if somebody wanted to say, well, it was the first home game after a long road trip, so that's what makes it. As a, I just wanted to account for those people as well. well. To me, it was the worst loss of the season. Okay, so... Uh, where I, I, you lose me completely is, number one, their two best players sat, um, and they're not good anyways, but their they're, they're two best players sat. 
one of those players they traded, mm-hmm. and then three other players that you played against, one starter in Killian Hayes, Danilo Gallinari, and Joe Harris, all got waived the next day. Yeah, They got waived the next day, That's Kyle. A team that played three guys that got waived the next day. I know, we gotta ta- I know we got to talk about the Nuggets, but can I provide some optimism for you? I- I'm here for it. Okay. Let me give me one second because you mentioned that the Pistons made all those moves yesterday. They went into their game last night with seven players. Mm. We were trying to decide how many players they'd have. Uh, they went in with seven. They went into Portland and beat the Trailblazers by six in overtime on the uh, second night of a back-to-back with seven dudes. Wow. Is that the Portland Trailblazers team that beat the Sacramento Kings team a little while ago? I'm just saying. That's a 15-win team. So so now, like the Pistons, are the Pistons the best eight-win team in the league? I think I'm ready to say it. They're catching they're they're they are nipping at the heels of the Washington Wizards. Oh man. <laughs> They've almost tracked them down. Yeah, they're right there. Oh um, wow. a, a team a team they have not almost tracked down is the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions. They are in Golden One Center tonight. And man, you know, we, we joke about the Pistons game, but one of the most instructive things to me from that game was not the offense. Like the Kings offense was fine. Did they need more from De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, absolutely. Did they need more from Keegan Murray? Like without question, they need more from those two guys. Mm-hmm. But Trey Lyles picked up the slack. Malik Monk picked up the slack. Demonis Sabonis picked up the scoring slack. Like they, 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 they had enough points to win. Mike Brown said it after the game. They scored 120 points. That should win you. That should win you a lot of ball games. The thing I'm worried about with the Kings against Denver is not their ability to score. I think they will fill it up. Can they get stops against a a really dynamic Denver offense that runs through maybe the best player on the planet, Nikola Jokic, where he's creating. Uh, easy looks under the basket. He creates open threes. It, it doesn't get easier here for the Kings in terms of defending the three-point line, which they have done abysmally all year. 39.7% from beyond the arc. Teams are shooting against the Kings this season. Yeah, the Kings are going to have to figure this out because Denver is is a very dynamic team, and they have they have tough covers all over the, all over the court. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to figure out how to slow down Jokic. They're going to have to figure out how to keep Aaron Gordon off the boards. They're going to have mm-hmm. to figure out how to keep Jamal Murray in front of you, or and Michael Porter Smith, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is one of those guys that the Kings just have a tough time matching up against because they don't have that long, athletic player to to send out there. So, and then the other guy that that's really played well for them is Reggie Jackson off the bench. Yeah, and he's a guy that like provides something. And, I, you know, again, I like the way that they've constructed their team. They've got Christian Braun. They've got uh, they've got Peyton Watson coming off the bench who, to be honest, are, are both playing, like, really solid, like, dirty work guy roles. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how they build their team. I, I like the, the roster construction of this team. And, yeah, you know, too. of course, they won the championship. But it's a roster construction that I think the Kings are close to. And need to even push it further to get closer to what uh, what Denver is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that that's this is a game that if you're Monty McNair and you're sitting there with Vivek, and Vivek is and not not saying that Monty McNair is 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 on the hot seat or anything crazy like that, but where you're sitting with Vivek and you're watching and you're going, see, that's exactly what I envision for Keegan Murray. This is exactly what I envision for. 
Malik Monk. This is exact like you can see it kind of piece by piece. And is it going to be exactly the same? Like no, because as good as Demonis Sabonis is, uh, he's not Nikola Jokic, who's just different. He's just a better player, and that's fine. But I think De'Aaron Fox is probably better than Jamal Murray. Yes, I think that overall you're going to eventually see Keegan Murray be a better player than Michael Porter Jr. As good as as good as good not to say those guys are bad, it's that I think the Kings eventually could, even if they can't replicate exactly what the Nuggets get from Jokic, I think they can get more from around Sabonis to have a similar a similar vibe. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I would say that, you know, for me, Keegan Murray, prime Keegan Murray isn't Michael Porter and he's not Aaron uh, Gordon. He's a combination of both of those yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Michael Porter's not there. a good defender. No, Michael Porter's not. Um, yeah, I think he can get to a point where he's like he can replicate what both of those guys do, mm-hmm. which is which is exciting because that means he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, but he's still a little ways away, and right now he's in a funk, and you got to figure out how to get him out of his funk. To me, to me, what makes the Nuggets really, really difficult to replicate is their depth. Like, that's the thing that I I keep coming back to. We talk about um, Aaron Gordon. Like figuring out how to utilize him, he is the he has the the athleticism and the skill set to be like a guy. If he wanted out and wanted to go be a number one or two somewhere, I don't know if the team would be be very good, but a team would sign him to do that. Mm-hmm. But he found this role here as this like fourth scoring option, hustle guy, good defender, good rebounder, and on some nights he'll, he'll give you he'll give you twenty. Uh, but then you get a guy like Reggie Jackson, who you just mentioned, coming off the bench. You get a guy like Contavious Caldwell, Caldwell Pope. They draft Christian Brown. It's just like they have this, every lineup they throw out, you go, man, you know what? I like him. That's a good, it's a good player. Okay, that's a, it's a good player. I'm going to say that the the difference between them and the Kings is they're they're like two years ahead of the Kings and yeah. who they are as a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the Kings are moving more towards the point where you feel the same way about every guy that steps on the floor that they give you something that's different. Right there with you. Like I can even say, like, I don't think they have, they don't have a Trey Lyles. Like they could really use a Trey Lyles player. You know, Zeke and Najee hasn't really developed into that guy. But, you know, I think when you have a system in place that's, and you have a, a group of players who've been together for a long time, mm-hmm. it's easier to go out and find these other pieces to throw in there that, that match because. Yeah. You set a young kid down like Christian Brown, uh, Brown, and you say, "Like, look, this is your role. If you're going to play, yep. I need you to play defense. Yep. I need you to dive on the floor. I need you to hustle. Mm-hmm. I need you to get some rebounds. I need you to do every bit of the dirty work. Yep. That's how you get on the court. And it's a lot easier to say that to a player when you look at the team. Yes. And number one, they've got a track record of winning. But number two, they've got really solid veterans who are already buying into their roles mm-hmm. at the other positions. I, that's That's spot on. Like a big, a big, we talk about this specifically with Davion Mitchell. He's not the only player, but we talk about it with him a lot. Like, what does he do here? What's it, what, (laughs) office space? What would you say you do here? Like, that's, that to me is Davion Mitchell a little bit. Not that he can't do what the Kings, it's just kind of unclear exactly what the Kings need from him. Whereas if he goes and, and let's just stick him on Denver's roster, Denver would have a really specific, like, 18 minutes a night role for him. Where you'd watch the Nuggets and you go, man, Davion is perfect for that. And I think you're right. The Kings are a couple years behind Denver. And I think that's a little bit why they stood pat at the trade deadline. Yeah. Because they're kind of trying to see like, okay, what does this look like over another full season and and potentially a playoff run? 
what roles do we need to fill? What do we need to do better? And and you can kind of go from there. So I do think, though, overarching point that if Monty McNair was picking a blueprint for a team, I think it would be the Nuggets. And not just because they're defending champs, not just because they've been in the playoffs every year, but because that model of team building, I think, is one that that uh, produces a, a lot of sustainable results. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. All right, so uh, we've got, for the Nuggets, projected starter Jamal Murray. Uh, Justin Holiday started last night. Kendavious Caldwell-Pope missed his first game of the season, or maybe he's missed three games. Uh, I'm not sure if he's there or not. We don't have an injury report for them. Michael Porter Jr. at small forward. Aaron Gordon at the power forward. Nikola Jokic at center. For the Kings, we have your standard De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Demonis Sabonis. Is there a matchup of the game you, you're looking forward to here, Kyle? Yes. I yes. can't. I can't. I can't wait to watch Sabonis and Jokic go at it. Let's talk about that in a bit, along with keys to the game. We'll have that for you as well, right here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Oh, hey. I messed up. My fault. Flag on me. Uh-oh. We didn't mention Keon Ellis. Oh, we didn't mention Keon That's Ellis. That's my bad. That's on, uh, you know, put a note down. Forget about it. It's fine. Yeah. Keon Ellis. Let's bust through that really quick. Yeah, we're, we've got Super Bowl talk coming for you. Yeah. So Niners ca- Chiefs this weekend, but the, the Kings made a, a transaction. Yeah, so they made a couple of transactions. So just as we were going off the air yesterday, the Sacramento Kings acquired Robin Lopez from the Milwaukee Bucks. They actually, there's a player that they acquired in that deal, which to be honest, I didn't know. I mean, that the Kings sent out a uh, the draft rights to a player that I had no idea that they had at all. Um, 
they had acquired the draft rights to a European player back in 2015 in the Amon Shumpert deal. You didn't remember that? No, which is strange because I do remember every <laughs> obscure fact. I, dude. <laughs> um, I didn't know that they had acquired somebody. So that's what they gave up uh, for Robin Lopez. Uh, for, yes, for Robin Lopez, right? And uh, when they got him to Sacramento, Robin Lopez never even flew to Sacramento. They just waived him last night. And the, what that transaction does is uh, Milwaukee was over the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. This saved them a boatload of money. Uh, and they gave some of that money to the Kings. Um, so the Kings probably, uh, Lopez, he's a veteran minimum, and veteran minimums, the league covers part of the salary and the team covers part of the salary. It's sort of a weird thing um, where for years of service, he counted like as a $2 million player coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really hurt the Kings cap-wise. And then whatever was remaining on his contract, uh, not only did the Kings get that, but they probably got a million or $2 million more. I, I don't know what the exact figure was at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that probably saved Milwaukee like six to $8 million on the back end. So, because they're a luxury tax team and they're paying dollar for dollar, $3 for every dollar. And the dollar, Kings got some cash. And they, the Kings got some cash. So then they turn around this morning and um, they have upgraded Keon Ellis from a two-way player. Uh, we have that confirmed uh, from a two-way player to a standard roster player. So Keon Ellis has taken the 15th roster spot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see in here, you know, that the Vivek pocketed some more money. Um, they just used that money to sign Keon Ellis because Keon Ellis went from a $550,000 two-way to a one point seven or one point eight million dollar uh second year like entry level contract. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah they did use that money to to ink uh Keon Ellis and he, he got from what I've read he got a three year deal that's probably um guaranteed for this year, partially guaranteed for next year and non guaranteed for the third year. That's mm-hmm. what my guess would be. Um but talk about a guy who uh has made it who went from yeah. uh undrafted to a two way player to earning his way onto a, a actual NBA roster. So kudos to Keon Ellis. Yeah, it's really cool seeing that happen in real time. He wasn't just some rando who mm-hmm. was killing it in the G League. So they said, okay, hey, here's a full-time contract. He played in the NBA and played his ass off. Yeah. And earned a earned a roster spot. That's cool. There's also, there's one other thing I want to mention really quick. This is good for the Kings because when you have a um, a franchise that, that is building a program mm-hmm. and your G League is part of that program, if you can elevate players from your program, mm-hmm. it shows other agents and other prospects mm-hmm. that are coming in that you might want to go there because this isn't the first time Damian Jones got this, Shemezi mm-hmm. Metu got these things. Like it's where you're developing something where guys actually have a shot to make it if they go to your program. Yeah. And uh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's not like the Oakland A's who just bring in a whole bunch of guys that could possibly make it because, you know, that's they don't spend any money and then it's not the same thing. This is where guys in the NBA fighting their way to the league. It's very difficult. And now the Kings have a two-way player that they uh, that two-way um, contract that they can offer to somebody if they so choose here down the stretch. Scal season. I think Scal has been in the league too long. Oh, so you can only um, Stanley Johnson's probably been in the league too long. Yeah, it's, too. it's three years. Boo. Yeah, so you can Boo. only the only way you get an exemption an exception for that is actually the Harry Giles exception mm-hmm. that they added that if you redshirted one of your first three years because of injury, 
that you can actually get a fourth year of eligibility for a two-way. And it's something that Jason Tatum pushed for uh, his former college teammate in the CBA and everything else. That's cool. Yeah. So Harry Giles is available. Uh, he was waived yesterday by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it would be cool to see Harry Giles come back on a two-way contract. But look, it's going to be whatever they're trying to do down in uh, down if, in Stockton. If Harry Giles comes back on a two-way contract, it would be just for the like, hey, feel good. Come hang out. Yeah, come hang out in Sacramento and get a standing O the first time you you walk out to the bench. Well, remember he, but as a two-way, he can actually play. Oh like, no, I know. Yeah. But I don't think the Kings would be relying heavily on Harry Giles. God love him. No, 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 no. So, yeah. Anyways. So we'll have uh, more Kings talk coming up in a little bit. Let's 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 talk Super Bowl. So you're good at talking me off of these ledges because I get really deep in the weeds with with Niner stuff the way you do with with King stuff. Yeah. And um, with with the Candlestick Chronicles podcast and with NinersWire.com, and what winds up happening is. I don't know if this is just my disposition or, um, or what. I don't. I don't know. But after watching enough and looking at enough stuff and reading enough stuff, I talk myself into the worst possible things happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's called anxiety. But I have some causes for concern for the 49ers against the Chiefs, and I want you to tell me, James, if these are valid causes for concern or not. Okay. Okay. Concern number one. I believe this is valid. I strongly believe this is valid. And cause for concern number one is that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And the reason this is a cause for concern for me is because when you look at these two rosters, the 49ers and the Chiefs, you have a 49ers team that is just better. Yes. They have a better team. Top to bottom, player for player, pound for pound, whatever you want to say, the 49ers roster is better. And that's the case for almost, I think, any team in the league. But the... The fact of the matter is that may not matter because of Patrick Holmes. This is the the biggest concern that anyone should have. Yep. Like for me, I, like we'll go through and we'll we'll say who we think might what the score will be and all that stuff. Like we tor- we typically do. Like uh, how's the mm-hmm. game going to go? We'll we'll predict what's going to happen. Which sometimes we're close, sometimes we're way off. But he's the biggest wild card, and he might be the biggest wild card that we've ever seen in the sport. Mm-hmm. His ability to march down the field and do wild, crazy, I can't believe I just saw that thing, whether it's with his legs or with him slinging a ball sideways while he's diving one way. Like the things that he can do is it's straight up blacktop football. Mm -hmm. It is. It's It's just not, there's no defense for it. Run down to the Cadillac and take a left. Right. Go, you know, like that's, that's what it is. It's straight up street ball. And I, I love it. It watching him work is is magical, and that's why you hear it all the time. Don't ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest thing, and, and I the way the 49ers win this game mm-hmm. is to not make it a one score game late because he will beat you. It it could be Marcus Valdez Scantling, Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey. Yes. I know Byron Pringle's not there anymore, but I'm going to say Byron Pringle is a joke. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it, it, a, a... Sky Moore. Sky Moore. <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? Justin Watson, I think, is another one. <laughs> Noah Gray. They're, yeah. They, they Their leading receiver this year was Travis Kelsey. Then it was Rashi Rice. Yep. And then it was like Isaiah Pacheco. And then Noah Gray, the backup tight end, is like fourth on the team in receptions. It's wild. 
but it, it, everything on paper goes the 49ers are going to win. Like, very obviously. They have better offensive weapons. Their defense is more loaded. The, the Chiefs have a better defense this year. It's been a more productive defense. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But on, on paper is what I'm talking about. The, the the Chiefs don't have the star power of Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Fred Warner, et cetera, yep. et cetera. So, uh, all of that just gets erased because... Hey, the Niners might play perfect defense for th- three and a half quarters like they did in Super Bowl 54. And then just Mahomes happens and you're toast. Yeah. And, and I would say that if I'm really looking at this honestly, the the two, you know, if you're looking at Kelsey and Rice, they they live in the same area, like on the field. Mm-hmm. They, you know, one's a, basically like a slot receiver. The other one is, is running down the seam. Mm-hmm. They live in, and it's a comfortable space for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So when he does go up top, when he does do these amazing things like going crazy, mm-hmm. you know, you hope that those things might work out. But mm-hmm. where he lives, his bread and butter mm-hmm. is all in that short to intermediate game. And he can absolutely pick you apart. And he throws a 100 mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. And all he needs is the smallest window to get a ball through. And those guys have, uh, Kelsey has always been so reliable, but Rice has developed into such a reliable receiver as the season has oh, yeah. gone on that this is going to be a really, really tough matchup. And that's why, honestly, you need to hit these guys. You need to make them yep. worried that Dre Greenlaw is coming yep. and that Fred Warner is about to launch himself and, and fly mm-hmm. 15 yards through the air and hit you. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what yeah. you have to, if you're those guys, because if you yeah. take away those two guys they're not going to beat you with with the Mm-mm. the other group of receivers that have been so unreliable throughout this year. Valdez Scantling's last five games. Two catches for 48 yards. I'm going to go backwards. Yep. Uh, no, wait. Hang on. Two catches for 38 yards. Two catches for 62 yards. One for eight, one for three, zero for zero. And then you got a one for 17, a two for 20. Like he's just not, and, and he's probably their number two receiver, maybe number three. Yeah, like Kyle. It just, but but because of Patrick Mahomes, there's this aura of if you told me, if you came from the future and you went, hey, Travis Kelsey had six for 90 in a touchdown and Marcus Valdez-Scantling had five for 82 in a touchdown and Rashi Rice had had three for 91. It's just like, yeah, of course. Like, of course, of course, of course, Justin Watson uh, had had six catches for 75 yards. Like, of course he did. And Patrick Holmes just wills bad players to to play well. Like that that catch that, that MVS had that kind of sealed the Baltimore game. Oh, yeah. Where they, they aired it out on the third down. A 32-yard catch. He had one for six before that. Mm. He had one catch for six yards. And in the biggest moment of the game, they're airing it out to Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who couldn't catch a cold earlier this year, and he makes a catch. And it sends the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Like, of course. And so that's why you go, okay, it's MVS, it's Skymore, it's all these guys. Kadarius Tony, is he going to play? Who knows? Like, dude, Kadarius Tony's probably going to have two touchdowns. Like, because that's just, <laughs> like, yeah, Skymore's going to take an end around 25 yards for a touchdown. Mikol Hardman. Mikol Hardman. Like, why not, why not have a 75 yard touchdown in here? It, it just, that's everything I come back to. It's irrational, but it's like, bro, I've been watching Patrick Mahomes for seven seasons now. The one thing I will tell you that might sort of mm-hmm. calm your nerves is this. Please. The 49ers defensive backs, when they've been bad this year, mm-hmm. they haven't really got beat as much as they have got called for a bunch of penalties. Sure. sure. The Chiefs receivers, A, don't get that type of respect, and B, aren't good enough 
to get the separation that you would mm. need. And so for me, as long as you keep them pinned on the underneath stuff and you yeah. bottle in Pacheco mm-hmm. in the run game and and all of the underneath stuff with Kelsey and and Rice, you got a really really good shot of limiting that offense. Yeah, and, and taking the pressure off of these guys who it you know in the passing game have mm-hmm. made mistakes that have been horribly costly. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs have the receiver that can beat you in that way. Maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and, but they're not going to get the call. And getting separation is going to be very difficult. They're just not that good. Hmm. So yeah, they, yeah, yes, that, Mahomes no, that, is going to beat you if you let him beat you. <laughs> right, right. But, that's but I think that's a that's a good point you you bring up about about where the Chiefs' passing game lives now, and and that comes to my second cause for concern. Uh, Kenny and I during their live show were half joking, half not joking, watching the Niners' Chiefs Super Bowl Fifty Four. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out, we were doing a show, we we're not obviously locked in, but every once in a while we'd look up. One of the things that really jumped out to me was how vertical the Chiefs passing game was then. In 2019, it was everything was just down the field. It was Tyree Kill down the field, Travis Kelsey down the field, Miko Hardman down the field. It was Sammy Watkins down the field. It was just everything was vertical. This year, Patrick Mahomes, I believe he was 38th out of 44 qualified quarterbacks in average depth of target. 63% of his throws were behind the line of scrimmage or within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. And okay, that's great. You know you want to bottle them up. The problem is, is the 49ers have really struggled with tackling at times this year. They've been really good at it. They've been they've had games where you're going, man, it is. How do you get yards after the catch against these guys? Like everybody tackles. And then there's games like Detroit where they're getting moved. You got linebackers filling the the wrong spots. You've got defensive backs missing tackles. You've got Jair Brown overrunning plays. And all of a sudden, uh, the the Chiefs have 190 yards after the catch. It, it just, um, that's the other cause for concern for me, is tackling Isaiah Pacheco, but like just flat out. And then, hey, maybe it is a, a shallow crosser to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that should have gone for three yards and instead it goes for 40. Again, I, I, I get what your concern is, but Thank I'm also going to say that there is no Amon Ross St. Brown. There, there is, like, they don't have these players that... That's fair. Yeah, I mean, Scantling, Valdez can... Uh, Valdez, Scantling? Yeah, MVS. Uh, yeah, yeah, he can, he can get you, right, mm-hmm. here and there, but it's usually on a deep ball where you, you left him pretty wide open. And so, like, look, I'm not saying that it won't happen, and I, the Niners' tackling issues have been a concern, but their tackling issues are usually with their their defensive backfield, not so much the linebackers flying up. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be a really interesting chess match where you're trying to limit that, that short throw, mm-hmm. and the Niners have the best linebackers in the game. And yeah. man, do they hit. Yeah. And Fred Warner is so good. He is a very, very fine player. And so that's where I, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, I, I can understand the fear of them mm-hmm. and their offense, mm-hmm. but that's why I also think that this game is not going to be like 33 to something. This game, to me, it feels very much like it's going to be 24-17 or 23-17, mm-hmm. something like that. I, I think that that's where this game is probably going to be decided. And I would hate to see uh, the 49ers up like, 23 to 17 in the final two minutes of a game because your kicker missed an extra point and you got Mahomes with the ball in his hands and you just don't know. You got to stop Mahomes in the most crucial of crucial. And look, I'm taking away Kelsey. 
and then like if Jake Rice Moody beats is, you, the Jake Moody thing cause for <laughs> concern number three. It has to be. It's a horrible cause for concern. All right. It's I I've, I played this game with my podcast co-host who I'll be able to name soon hopefully yeah uh, TBD but hopefully fingers crossed shout out to you my co-host um, <laughs> I I threw this at him on the on the podcast okay it is opening drive of the game 49ers have a fourth and six at the Chiefs twenty five yard line so you're looking at about a 42-43 yarder. Are you going for the fourth and six, or do you try the field goal? First drive of the game. Mm. Nothing, nothing. Let's say Niners get the ball first. I'm kicking the field goal. If if you don't try to instill confidence in him early, I okay. don't know that. Okay. And, and I know the problem that you have is that he's missed this first one time and time again, mm-hmm. but then it's come back to help him later in the game, sure. or at least he's hitting the ones later mm-hmm. in the game. But this is a Super Bowl. I need to tell him straight up, this is it. If mm-hmm. you don't hit this, I this like this is a job interview. Like if you don't hit this now, then the rest of the game, I'm gonna probably go for it on fourth down because we are as a team playing against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and we don't have time to waste points. Yeah. And that's that's a what about fourth and five? I I'm still I like fourth and four? What do I think Shanahan's gonna do? I think he's gonna kick it. Okay, fourth and four? Yes. Fourth and three. Yes. he'll. He, well, fourth and three, he might go for it, but I don't think so, man. Fourth and two? Yes. Okay. Fine, fourth, fine. Four, he'll two, go fourth two, and two, two maybe. Two or less. Yes. Okay. All right. That's where, the, that's where the line is. Yeah. Fourth and six, I'm going, dude. <laughs> I'm, I am putting it. You know, you know what? I, I'm going to tie this into the Kings. You know how the other night at, at the game, I, I, I talked about it yesterday, 108, 105, Domas goes in, has a layup, but spins around and throws it out to, to uh, Trey Lyles yep. for three. And you know what? Fine. Open Trey Lyles three. He was five of ten. He's been shooting the heck out of it. You feel you feel good about it. But also, like Domas is the guy I'm paying to make shots in these in these situations. Well, and it's like an eighty percent shot at that point where yeah. he was on the court. It's yeah. like an eighty percent shot. Right. So that's where fourth and six. I'm like, I'm paying Debo Samuel. I'm about to pay Brandon Ayuk. I got Christian McCaffrey here. I've paid George Kittle. We have the best left tackle in the sport. You have the best play caller in the sport. Let's go get go get your yards That's instead right. of instead of putting it on your rookie kicker who has been extremely hit or miss in the playoffs. So, we're, is that all your concerns? Uh, uh, my last one is the Steve Wilkes only running zone thing. Oh, and can he? I, I think he can. He's a good football coach, but I if you just sit there and you go, "Yep, we're going to run a bunch of zone against the Chiefs," Travis Kelsey is going to have nine thousand yards. They, they are going to pick you apart. So how do they that the, whether he mixes up coverages and tries to do some things to confuse Patrick Mahomes post snap and try and take away maybe an easy throw to Travis Kelsey here and there? Yeah, that's that's I think my my big worry is whether he just goes nope we're going to stick with this um, or if if they have some kind of curveball to throw at Kansas City in in the in the Super Bowl. You have to throw everything you have at them. And then the other thing you need to do, you need to sit down with your guys and you need to say, look, you've had games this season where you're really bad at tackling, where you've let, <laughs> well, no, yeah. or you no, just I, have you're right. let teams, if you just tackle, if you calm down, you take that extra second, mm-hmm. you wrap up, you, you know, even if you, you start to let a guy go, 
grab his ankle, squeeze him together, do the old Ken Norton tackle. Sure. Whatever you have to do, get the guy to the ground early in the game. Mm-hmm. If we set the standard that we're not going to let you bust loose, mm-hmm. it changes how they play the game. All of a sudden, they aren't just going to be a, an under the... Uh, like a, a short passing game. They're mm-hmm. going to have to expand the field mm-hmm. and they don't have the the horses to expand the field the right way. Yeah. So tackle because you that's know what it. Kansas like City's going to do? They're going to tackle. Yeah. They yeah. don't miss tackles. No. They are they are a good tackling defense for sure, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, we talked about, just, just to kind of flip the coin here, <laughs> this is peak me. Uh, we started this segment about 20 minutes ago and we've done causes for concern. And now with three minutes to go, I'm going to go, here's why I'm optimistic. Okay. <laughs> we got three minutes of optimism for you. One we've already talked about. Kansas City's pass catchers stink. Bad. Straight up. Like, Travis Kelsey is a is a Hall of Famer, even in, in a down year. I guess the thing is, everyone's like, oh, man, is Travis Kelsey watched? Like, he had 900 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. What are, Yeah. It, it, is he going to go for 1,500 yards again in his career? Probably not. But he's still really freaking good. Mm-hmm. So if you told me he caught... Two touchdowns, it's not like, oh my God, what did the Niners do? It's like, yep, yeah, nope, that, that's Travis Well, that's Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then Rashi Rice has really come on. But again, their number one wide receiver is a rookie in the Super Bowl. And that's a, that's it's tough. It's a tough thing to lean on. But he's been a baller. He's been so good. He has oh, been, been so really, good. really good. He reminds me es- of Anquan Bolden. Especially after the catch. Yeah. Which, again, gets back to the tackling thing. Yep. So so the, the lack of, of reliable options outside of that, that duo is is a cause for for optimism for me. Uh, Kansas City also can't stop their run. They were I don't know if anybody listening buys into DVOA. It's just a advanced stat. Um, yeah. They were 27th in run defense DVOA. And they were 24th in a more traditional stat in yards per carry. Mm. And for some reason I have talked to every football person I know who is like a tape grinder and scheme expert. And I said, hey, why didn't the Ravens run against the Chiefs? And the collective response was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't. And I don't think the 49ers will do that. I think they're going to force the Chiefs into some situations that they don't want to be in defensively. Like they're going to make them live in personnel groupings that they don't want to live in. Yeah. Um. So that's and I and I think you're going to see Kyle Shanahan learn from his last Super Bowl where they abandoned the run late, where they went first and ten run for a yard, second and nine, okay, throw throw. I think you might see second and nine, run it again, third and four, run it again. I I, I think that they're going to be confident that they can they can run it on Kansas City. I think that that's a a big deal to show them that you can run it, but I also want Brock Purdy throwing some darts to make sure that you're building his confidence. Mm-hmm. So. In case you need him to go win this game, mm-hmm. you have it. Yeah, you got yeah, it. Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not to say run it fifty-five times, but I, I think if they get down, you can't abandon the run. If it's tied late, you can't abandon that. You just have to keep going back to it, and, and I, I think that we're going to see plenty of that. And then you just mentioned Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan yesterday told reporters like he is locked in. He's had a great week of practice. Um, he has not had a stretch of games this year passer rating is a flawed statistic for sure but it encompasses completion rate yards touchdowns interceptions just kind of the general like i said not the end all be all by any means Mm -hmm. but he hasn't had three consecutive games all year with a passer rating below 90 and his last two games have been below 90 so that again 
not that that means, oh yeah, he's going to go tear it up. But if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, uh, it, it's been rare this year that Brock Purdy is really, really bad three games in a row. Yeah. So. I, I think Brock Purdy is going to be just fine, but you do have to build his confidence early. You need to l- allow him to make make a mistake. If he's going to make a mistake, have that mistake come early so you have time to recover and you're not putting in, put in a situation where you got to try to come back against Patrick Mahomes. And if he makes that mistake, he can't then be hesitant the rest of the game because if that's the yep. case, they're toast. But I think you got to. I, I think you will see them throw it. If there's a prop out there for first play of the game, it wouldn't shock me if it's a pass. Mm. But I, 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 I think that a big piece of what's going to make Brock Purdy successful on Sunday would be that run game, where you're forcing the Chiefs to creep up a little bit, where you're getting them to bite on play action, where you're getting their eyes moving uh, with pre-snap motion, and you're getting linebackers out of position where those throws over the middle, where Brock Purdy is really good, are there. Maybe there's a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk in there. Like those are, I, I, that's all going to be predicated on the run game because as good as he is, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Like he's not just going to be able to to turn a you know an onion and a glass of water into some really tasty chili. You know, mm. so I don't know what that metaphor was, but that, <laughs> you're stretching there. Kyle. Boy, was I? No, but he's just not. He, he's not. He's not the the playmaker that Patrick Mahomes is. So. Um, I think that they're going to need the run game to kind of help establish the the confidence that you're talking about. Yep. So, all right. It's reasons for optimism, reasons for concern. Let's do mad props. We haven't done mad props in weeks. I love it. Stats from the 49ers game, stats from the Kings game. Which number will be higher? James and I are going to tell you next. It's a fun game. Play along at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 and twitch.com slash ESPN 1320. Hop in the chatty house. Let's play mad props next. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two. Well, half 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 of half of an hour for you. Yeah, half of an hour. Yeah, we got James heading down to Monty McNair's post-trade deadline press conference. That is today at noon. So James. Uh, as our as our ESPN 1320 Kings insider and of course um, proprietor of the Kings Beat uh, KingsBeat.com and subscribe to the Kings Beat podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, he will be down there covering that press conference. I will be with Damian Barling for the final half hour of this show. We'll talk Super Bowl props, predictions, uh, just general Super Bowl stuff. That's what we've been doing uh, so far today. What are you going to ask Monty in his presser? What are you? What are you? What are you hoping to to ask? I mean, I think the question is is like it's just sitting there and it has to be asked like in a tactful way. But the goal was to maintain and improve, mm-hmm. and I understand maintaining because you are the same record that you were last year. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a hard time seeing the path forward to improvement, 
And I'm wondering why they didn't address some of that at the deadline. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they didn't have something. Maybe they didn't. Maybe whatever was out there was too costly and they, they just weren't going to dive in and, you know, trade a bunch of assets when it could be something that doesn't move the needle. And and the other thing, what if some of the players that you want or all of the players that you really covet just weren't available? Mm-hmm. What if, you know, you, the Wizards just weren't going to trade Kyle Kuzma and the, the Jeremy Grants of the world just weren't getting moved? And so I think at the end of the day, like if you don't need to make a move to make a move, you need to make a move because your team is struggling uh, here and there. You're, you need to make a move because your team isn't great. Um, but, you know, like those are some of the questions that like I would probably hit Monty with. Can't wait. That's coming up at noon. But coming up right now, Mad Props. It's time for Mad Props. Two games, two props. Which number will be higher? That's for Kyle and James to decide. Here's Mad Props. Hell yeah, here's Mad Props. We haven't done this in weeks. I haven't heard the the intro forever. It's been, seriously, like, because I wasn't here. Yeah, you were gone. Two weeks ago. We didn't do one last week. God, we haven't done this in like a month. All right, well, it's back, and it is for the Super Bowl and the Kings matchup against the Denver Nuggets. So I thought about doing a Super Bowl only or a Super Bowl Sunday edition of Mad Props because the Kings play on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. But the nature of the bit gets ruined if somebody gets hurt or sits out or whatever. Well, so, that's true. So I, I did I, I did tonight's game. And I feel good about it. All right. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, here's how we're going to start. Christian McCaffrey touches. So that's receptions and rushes. Mm-hmm. Or Demonis Sabonis points against Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. I am going Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Tw- 27 touches. Uh, I think Sabonis will have 18, 19 points. Um, but that's where I'm going. I land at like 22 for McCaffrey. I'm also under the impression that we're going to see some Elijah Mitchell. Not for like a heavy workload or anything, but I think we're going to see them on the field together at certain times, particularly maybe in like a second and one mm-hmm. where they want to get really weird. Um, man, I I think we're going to... So here's what I... I'm going to go McCaffrey, but I think it's because Domas is going to try and get Keegan Murray going. He's going to try and get De'Aaron Fox going. Okay. Um, I don't think he's going to go and see Jokic and be like, yeah, I'm going to go get us 40 tonight. I, I Keegan Murray didn't have a point last game. Hmm. I, I, I think that, that we're going to see Sabonis really try. And whether this is good or not, I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to see him really try and get into the offense where he's facilitating and getting other guys going and, and living at that, you know, 16, 17 points, like you said. And I think McCaffrey might do more than 16 or 17 just carries. Not on top of not not including his uh, his catches. I think he's going to get a lot. Like I, I think it's going to be more like twenty five to twenty seven. Like I do. Yeah, think, that's a game to do it. Yeah, like <laughs> like lay it all out there. Yeah. I mean, like this is a legacy game for him as well. Like he wants to go down as a Hall of Famer and, and all these things, and he's on his path. But like he needs to he needs a signature game in the playoffs. I will tell you why later, and not not because it's a secret. It's just not that good of a story, and I don't want to burn airtime with it. But I'm so happy you just said the words "legacy game." Uh, Debo Samuel carries or De'Aaron Fox missed free throws. <sighs> I am gonna go Debo. Okay. I think Debo's gonna have 
five or six carries, and I don't think Ooh. Fox can. Yeah, I think that they're gonna. I think one of the first plays of the game is going to be a Debo in around. around. So I think we're. I I think that he's going to get maybe like three carries, and I think we're going to see like those little shovel passes, those quick little pop passes. I think that's what we'll we'll see a couple of. Um, I'm going to go De'Aaron missed free throws oh. because I think you're going to see him try and attack the paint a lot tonight. And I think they're going to try and put Jokic in defensive actions, which we'll talk about coming up. And I think there are going to be a lot of trips to the line tonight for De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I mean, that I hope so. Like, I mean, I, I hope yeah. that that's the way that De'Aaron attacks this game because yeah. he needs a, he needs a get right game. Like a seven of 11, eight of 12 type of game from the line. And then I think Debo gets, like I said, two or three carries and then some other kind of touches. I think mm-hmm. he'll be heavily involved, just not so much as a rusher. Brock Purdy passing yards or Kings Nuggets total points? Mm, I'm going to... I'm going to go Kings Nuggets. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think I think you're, you're probably looking at like 220 or something for Brock. Okay. And I think it's because the yak is just not going to be there as much. I don't think there's going to be a, a short throw that goes for 50 yards. I don't think you're going to see anything yeah. crazy like that. And I don't know how much downfield stuff there's going to be. I think he might complete a lot of passes, but I don't think it's going to be for a ton of yards. I, I think he can still throw 250. I just think that Kings and Nuggets, <laughs> if it's competitive, will be like 265. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Sa- same pick, different reasons. Yeah, see, uh, Casey Tucker in the chat said 267. I don't know if he meant, oh, he said passing yards. Total points, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Total points, I, I'm thinking 265. Okay. Um, Brandon Ayuk targets or Keegan Murray three-point attempts? Brandon Ayuk targets. I'm going Ayuk. Okay. Oh, that's tough. I'm going, here's why, here's why I'm going Keegan, and if my logic swings you, go ahead uh, and, and change your pick. I'm going Keegan because he had no points last game. <laughs> and I mentioned earlier, I think Sabonis is, is really going to try and look for him. I think the Kings are going to run actions for him and try and get him going. Mm-hmm. And I think you see Keegan put up like eight or nine three-point attempts. And I don't know that the targets are going to be there for Brandon Ayuk. He lives in the intermediate and deep areas. And that's where I don't think the Chiefs are going to let the 49ers necessarily beat them. Okay. So I, I think you're looking at maybe five or six targets for Brandon Ayuk. I think you're looking at eight or nine three-point attempts. I'm going to counter with this. I know yeah. that the Chiefs want to take that area away. If they try to take that area away, McCaffrey's going to rush for 150 yards and Debo's going to get another 80 and you're okay. going to you're going to beat them on the ground into submission. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, Jake Moody made field goals. Or triple doubles recorded in the Kings Nuggets game. Triple doubles. <laughs> I think there will be two, and I I think Moody will kick one. <laughs> That's so exactly the, what I had my uh, for the sake of the bit. I'll go with Moody. Uh, the Niners stall out a few times in the red zone, and he gets uh, a couple of chip shot field goal tries. Okay, and uh, and makes those. Uh, f- last one here: Forty ers first half points. Forty ers first half points. Or Malik Monk points. Oh, Malik's been rolling. Oh, okay. Can I do a? Can I do a spot on? You're gonna go draw? I'm gonna do draw. Oh, come on! That's a lot of faith in me, and I appreciate you for it. Thank you. I am. Wow. I'm, I'm going draw. I'm gonna say <laughs> seventeen each. 
17 each. Okay, I, I, I'm going. I'm going Malik. I think you're, you're 17's about right. 17, 18. Super Bowls are hard, man. Especially early on, I, I think the Niners go into the half with like ten or thirteen points. Okay, yeah, so I'm going for the split. I, I, God, I hope you're right. That would be sick. That would be really cool. If that <laughs> happens. All right, that's mad props. We we will keep these recorded. If you did your own, uh, write them down, and we'll go back over them on on Monday after the game. We'll we'll uh, assess the numbers, figure out which ones are right, which ones are wrong. We will pick a winner. Uh, between me and James, of course. And if you do better than us, then we will uh, throw your name on the screen and give you the props for it. The mad props. The mad props. We'll give you mad <laughs> props. All right. Final segment for James coming up. Uh, I'm hanging out until noon. Damian Barling will be here at uh, at 1130 to, to talk some football with me. But before we do that, uh, we got to talk Kings Nuggets. Keys to a Kings victory and the matchup to watch, we'll have that for you next on ESPN 1320. Sacramento Sports Leader. Whoa. I forgot that Mad Props is supposed to have the full bed. So that's why you just heard that uh, on the way out. Oh, okay. My bad, y'all. Okay, here we go. We're out of here. On ESPN. Not out of here. We'll be right back on it. Jesus. Let's go. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. We're back. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. Kings Nuggets tonight at Golden One Center. Figuring out how to push buttons on the radio. Uh, James, we mentioned this earlier. Let's talk about it now. The matchup to watch in the Kings Nuggets game tonight. What is the number one matchup that you are looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the battle of of the bigs is is just spectacular in this game. Uh, again, these are two of the the great bigs that we've seen in the game, and the fact that I am going to mention uh, Demonis Sabonis in the same breath that you do Nikola Jokic, like these guys were like one and two in in like so mm-hmm. many offensive categories last year, like plus minus uh, like all the advanced statistics. Sabonis so was incredible last year, and he is this year as well. Um, and then Jokic, to me, it's one of the greatest joys of watching basketball is that sometimes somebody comes along that just doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. and they're so good at not making any sense, mm-hmm. and they just stand out, and you just sit there the whole time. Like, I don't know how it is that you are this wonderful at basketball, but I'm here for all of it. Yeah. So I mean, this is like a prime matchup, and I think they really battle each other well. They yeah. do. Yeah. A lot of the same. A lot of the same uh, strengths and weaknesses as players. Mm-hmm. And I think each one tries to <laughs> tries to exploit that on on both ends. So uh, yeah, I think this is the one. All due respect to the De'Aaron Fox, uh, um, uh, Jamal Murray matchup. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I would expect. Uh, I, maybe they'll throw Keegan on Jamal Murray uh, at some points, but I think you're going to see De'Aaron Fox try and take on that challenge. And I, I really think that after after last game, 
I think you see a more spirited effort from from the Kings tonight, particularly De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, and I think that's going to involve checking Jamal Murray, and I, I think that's that'll be really really fun. But as far as the matchup to watch, it's it's Sabonis and, and Jokic, and I don't know if it's close. No, no, this is going to be brilliant on the season. Jokic is averaging twenty six point three points, nine rebounds. I mean, nine assists, twelve point two rebounds, one point two steals, and a block. Um, he's a little bit better shot blocker. Uh, his three point percentage is is thirty six percent, where Sabonis is well over forty percent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just he's so gifted uh, around the rim. He's so like he he shoots those like moonshot seventeen foot jump oh. jumpers that there's nothing you can do about it. That's, there's no one in the league that can touch it. That's the big difference between Jokic and Sabonis for me. Yeah, is is Jokic shoots it eighteen times a game, and you just mentioned the threes. He takes three of them a game. Yeah. He just there are more areas of the floor that he is dangerous offensively as a scorer. I also like if I'm gonna rate that like Sabonis is a better rebounder than Jokic. Mm. The fact that Jokic is taller, he, mm-hmm. he ends up getting a few more rebounds, but mm-hmm. uh Sabonis has been the most one of the most consistent rebounders we've ever seen in the game. Mm-hmm. Like he's like Fred McGriff hitting thirty homers and knocking in hundred RBIs every year when it comes to rebounding. He's over twelve Mm-hmm. Every every year for like a five year stretch, yeah. Uh, Jokic is, is uh, like he's so he's he's very tall and has very long arms, and he ends up getting a bunch of and just because he's such a big guy, mm-hmm. he ends up getting a bunch of cheapies. Um, that's not what Sabonis does. So I think he's a better rebounder, but I also think Jokic is a better. Passer. Are you implying that Sabonis doesn't get any cheap rebounds? That's crazy. That's well, nuts. He gets. He's some. a great rebounder. I don't want to take away from that, but he has plenty that just fall to him. No, no, there is, but he also does a lot of the work. Yes, he does the yes, work he, early. He he battles. He clears uh, out a lot of space, and that's why yes. he gets some of those yeah. that just fall to him. Yeah, it's yeah. not a lot of uh, just putting his arms up and tipping it away from. Yeah, it's defenders. it's also not the uh, opponents. Yeah, the old Moses Malone um, rebound putback. He he doesn't like play tip in. Like yeah. like uh, Jokic does on occasion. Jokic averages three offensive rebounds a game. His offensive rating this year, Jokic's, is one thirty two. Oh my god! Yeah, whatever. He, he's so good, dude. Um, he is. He is. That's really why, really good. Yeah, him and him and Sabonis battling is gonna be is gonna be a ton of fun, and I can't I I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, let's talk keys. How do the Kings get a win tonight? Uh, against the defending champion Denver Nuggets after losing to the six-win Detroit Pistons, James Ham. Forget Detroit. Yep. As much as uh, we want to just like go at them for that, uh, this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need to just move past it. Mm-hmm. And I saw it yesterday at practice. I, I they really did feel like a team that's like they're in good spirits. They're having a good time they felt like a team that is moving past whatever happened that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to be a goldfish in, in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. If, if they go in tonight, <laughs> like, Oh my God, if you put that pressure on yourself, it just not, that's not going to, to fly. I, I don't, I don't think that, you know what? You can't forget Detroit insofar as like that effort and understanding that what that effort leads to, Mm-hmm. In the NBA, but you can't also dwell on it. Yes, uh, especially if you if you didn't have a, a great game on either side of the floor. Uh, number one for me, I talked about this earlier. As good as Nikola Jokic is is offensively, you need to put him in every single offensive action. 
I want to see, I don't think we will, but I would love to see just a bunch of Fox and Sabonis pick and roll where they're getting Jokic, trying to defend De'Aaron Fox going downhill. Uh, the Kings are going to get out and run, you know, when they, when they, when they want, but I would love to see them make Jokic play defense. Yeah, you need to tire him out. That's a good way yes. to do it. You should push the tempo. You should go at him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, again, this is a guy that he's sneaky good defensively. Yes. Yeah, he's a really crafty defender. Like, he he knows yeah. where to be on the floor. He knows how to use his size, his, both his body and his and his arms. But at the same time, if he's trying to chase De'Aaron Fox around the court, that's not going to work out for Denver. No. And, again, he's been in the top 10 in uh, defensive win shares each of the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's finished uh, the 2021-22 season, his second MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was second in the league in defensive Man. win shares. Yeah, like I said, not not because he's a bad defender, but it is a way to gas him. Yeah. So, uh, number two. Uh, De'Aaron Fox needs to step up. He hasn't been good enough since calendar year turned 2024. Just honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's averaging in the month of January, he averaged 22 points a game. Right now he's averaging, I think, 24 points a game in February. Like they need him to be a force like he yep. was for the first three months of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm right there. The Kings are going to go as De'Aaron Fox goes. Uh, number two for me, the, every three-point defense thing Mike Brown talked about after the Pistons game, you got to go execute it against Denver. Just Denver do doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but they make a lot of them. So uh, that's that's um, it, like literally execute the defensive game plan. That, yeah, that, <laughs> you just you have to because Denver will shoot it at sixty five percent if you leave them if you leave them open. Number three, number three for me, show you belong. Hmm. Um, you know the Kings are they've got a tough stretch here, and uh, they need to regain their footing and and put their stamp back on the season. And they're going to have an opportunity here against very good teams to mm-hmm. show that there is no playing down to the level of competition. Either you're going to play up or you're going to get stomped again yep. and again and again. Yep. So show that you belong right now. Yep. Uh, number three for me, bench has got to stay hot. Malik Monk's been really good. Trey Lyle's been really good. Davion Mitchell, I thought, was 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 good against against Detroit. Whether he continues playing or not, TBD, with Keon Ellis with the full roster spot now. But whoever's coming in off the bench, we talked about Denver's depth earlier. I think you have to match that and potentially be better if if you're gonna if you're gonna beat them. So I would like to see the bench continue uh, to do the the lifting they've been doing. Yeah, and I would like in in on that note, I'd like Mike Brown to kind of put his money where his mouth is when it comes to the three point line. If you can't defend the three point line, you have a player in Keon else that you just signed to a full roster spot who's earned his way onto the roster, who brings energy, but who also defends a three-point line better than anyone else on your team. I'd like to see him get some action. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's three keys to a Kings victory. If they do those things, they will beat the Denver Nuggets. Hopefully, uh, they've been listening. Actually, that's six. Six keys. We each have three. They do those six things. They will beat the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Let's, before, uh, before we get out of here, James, let's get a Super Bowl prediction, which is Sunday after the Kings take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, are you taking the Chiefs or are you taking the 49ers? Taking 49ers 23-17. Mm. I, I, so I, I refuse to waffle. I My knee-jerk pick... No waffling. My, no waffling. My knee-jerk reaction pick after the NFC Championship game was Chiefs 30, 49ers 23. I am more optimistic now about the 49ers' chances than I was uh, after the NFC Championship game. The more I've talked about it, the more I dove in. Uh, but I'm not going to change my pick. 
Oh. I am st- I'm sticking with my guns on this, and I think the Chiefs uh, repeat as Super Bowl champions. All right, that's where we're at. we got plenty more coming up on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. Final segment taking the afternoon. D'Lo and Kenny will take over at noon. But right now, I'm Kyle. That's Jesse. I'm in. I'm Jesse Tapia in the building. In the, coming, in, coming in off the bullpen. Coming in out of the bullpen, sitting in the big chair for the first time in Studio 2. Uh, how does it feel? This is is that, are you comfortable really in weird. there? It's like, it's almost like. I feel like we're not on air just because I don't have the board in front of me and all that. You feel like you're like setting everything up for Damien right now? Yeah, this is this is honestly really weird. Like the mic's is right here or whatever, but I'm with it. It's a big boy chair. Okay, great. So uh, I'm actually I'm I'm glad you're here. You're a huge football fan. You're not a fan of of the Chiefs or the 49ers. I have two questions because I want to know how you're watching this game. I know how 49ers fans are watching. I know how Chiefs fans are watching, but a, I want to know. I know there's a ton of Raider fans in the in in the chatty house. I want to know how you're watching this game. I already know Ramsey's out. Ramsey's like, I'm not watching. I'm not taking part. Yeah, he's not watching. He's not. He's not watching the San Francisco football team. That's fine, and I totally respect it. If you're committed to hating both teams, I like I said, that's a vibe. I respect it. I, I would like to know if you're a Raider fan. Uh, who are you rooting for here? Who do you want to see win? Uh, but Jesse, you're a Dolphins fan. How do you consume a Super Bowl that features the the 49ers and the Chiefs? Is there a team you? like more or less is there a team you're rooting for what do you like i'm not rooting for anyone i mean the chiefs beat up miami in the first round of the what in the wild card or whatever i'm over it not mad or whatever obviously but um no <laughs> no mad no mad no but i mean don't I, write that i'm mad yeah, don't I'm put not, in the newspaper that i'm mad I'm, I'm not rooting for anyone in this game but i do think i do think the niners are gonna come out of this one with the you win. think they're gonna win yeah i think so, they're finally gonna put it together why why I don't have like this hard hitting analysis. It's just like against, just Detroit, vibes? against Detroit and Green Bay, they just played horrible. Like against Green Bay, they played good for about seven minutes of the game, and yeah. that was good enough to get them the win. Mm-hmm. Against Detroit, you played a good second half, that was good enough to get you the win. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just kind of like, I believe they're more who they were in the regular season rather than who they were the last two weeks. So I'm just pretty much waiting for them to put it together, and I think they will on Sunday. That's that's the thing I'm I'm having the hardest time with, and it's such a, I feel like a like a bad analyst or whatever but what you just said is the correct answer i think if the 49ers play like they did september through december i think they go in and win but i'm anchoring really hard to the playoffs where i can't get past the fact they had to come back to beat the packers at home and then they had to come back from 17 down and needed a lot of luck to go their way to beat the lions at home maybe it's team of destiny vibes Maybe, and and that's and that's I mean if if that's the way you want to go, maybe that's just what it is. Like yeah, they made the plays. Detroit didn't. The Niners did. That's why the Niners are here. And now Kansas City, Detroit had guys dropping passes left and right, and now you have a Kansas City team who it feels like their receiving core has been defined all year by drop passes. So maybe that's just kind of what it is. But I think I think what you say is is accurate though. Like we have a 17 game sample of the 49ers being for the most part dominant. But then you have this two-game sample <laughs> in the playoffs of them having to 
piece together ways to win. Yeah, and I don't think they're going into this game and they're putting up 30 like how they were during yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's happening. I think my yeah. prediction right now would be like 23-17 49ers right now. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of defense or whatever, and I'm giving the edge to the 49ers because they got CMC, Debo, yeah. you, and all those other guys. Mahomes is obviously one of the greatest to ever do it, but I, th- I just like the Niners' weapons to get him enough points. That's what's funny is to me, like, all of everything you just said, like, if you stacked up position by position, the Niners are coming out on top at a lot of them. Like, running back, for sure. Wide receiver, for sure. Tight end, is a, a push. Maybe you lean Chiefs. Given, given Kelsey's kind of uh, track record. It, particularly it's even how, there. We, we, they're, they're the two best but, tight ends in the league. Yeah, but particularly with, with Kelsey, how good he is in the playoffs. So, okay, so maybe you lean Chiefs there. Offensive line is like a wash. The Chiefs offensive line is not very good, but neither San Francisco's. Uh, defensive line, you're probably taking San Francisco. Linebacker, you're probably taking San So you see, like, the, the playmakers are there for the 49ers. The roster is there. But all of that is just overshadowed to me by Mahomes. It just... Well, yeah, because you it's look like at none he, of it. None of it might matter. Yeah, because you look at them like they played. They didn't play great all regular season. Just call mm-hmm. it what it is. They kind of I don't want to say got by, but Mahomes carried them. Yes, and then come playoff time, honestly, I think they're playing the best football all their, their best football all season. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of point to that Bills game where they put up I think it was like twenty seven, twenty four, however many, mm-hmm. however many points or whatever. It looked kind of like all right, let's, it's kind of like back to normal. So, like it's back. Yeah, without the weapons and all that, somehow Mahomes just makes the machine go still. I hate it. I don't know, He's I really it. good. He's the, he's one of the greatest ever. He's he is, and that's why. <laughs> that's how why how I do you feel going into this? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel going no, into this a, against the goat? That's what. That's that's the funny thing is like if they lose, it's like well, yeah, that's Patrick Mahomes done it again. But on the other hand, I'm of the belief, and James and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm of the belief that like this is it. Like this is their last shot with this group of players in this coaching staff. Talking about for the. For the 49ers. 49ers? Yeah. And if they don't... So there's this like anxiety that comes with that of they've been really close in four of the last five years. They've been so close. And if you go through this five-year run and you leave it without a title, it's really hard to imagine like, oh yeah, they'll get there. They'll, they'll be back. Like, they'll just be back. Like, they got a bunch of dudes that are getting old. Yeah, I, I get that. And let me ask you a question. Is this a, is this a Kyle Shannon legacy game? Dude, the legacy game thing... Yeah, yeah, for now, and like I'm saying, for now, like, but but he's ahead. still a top five coach and all that. We're, like he's not, oh, like he lost fire Shanahan or whatever. But it's more so, at some point, you got to win the big game, right? Yeah, no doubt. But it's legacy for now. Like Andy Reid's legacy was, wow, what a joke. Time management, he stinks at time management, and now all of a sudden he gets Patrick Mahomes, he's one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah, and he carried that and all first of a sudden, legacy for about thirteen years or so. Right, and everybody looks back at those Eagles years and goes, man, look how successful the Eagles were. Look at all the playoff trips. Look at all the playoff wins. Nobody looks back and goes, "Yeah, Andy Reid has has two, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes." Two, yeah, yeah. They, they they've won two with Patrick Mahomes, man. But look at all the years with the Eagles. It's just he's just an all timer now. Yeah, there's. I heard somebody on a podcast the other day go, "Man, if Bill Belichick doesn't get back into the NFL, Andy Reid's going to surpass him as the coach of of this of of this era." Maybe not. It's like. I, that's a lot, but that's but that 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 illustrates. I mean, whether that's true or not, TBD. But that illustrates how much you know. You talk about legacy game for now. Yes, if the 49ers lose, there is going to be on this program on on D'Lo and Kenny on first take or your favorite sports talk show. It's going to be like 
Can Kyle Shanahan ever win the big one? Kyle Shanahan falls short again. Yeah, because you know they're going to tie the, the Falcons one to him too, which yeah, is the weirdest is thing crazy. that people do. It's so nuts. The, the, the Patriots had 200 yards in the fourth quarter. By the like fourth quarter alone, two hundred yards and a half is a lot. Dan Quinn got a second job because Kyle Shanahan got the blame for Bro, that. Job. Yeah. <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. Nobody, nobody talks about it. yeah. Dan Quinn blew a twenty-eight to three lead or whatever. I was listening to a sports talk radio show on the way into work, so it was like early morning. It was one of those East Coast shows, and they literally were talking about the, the that Super Bowl, and they went, "Who is the head coach?" They didn't even know that Dan Quinn was the head coach. It's the weirdest thing. But no, you're right. He, that gets that gets put on him, right? And that's okay. What it is, it is what it is. I think it's ridiculous. But if that's going to be the case, then yeah, you're going to see if they lose this game, particularly. And I think this is built. If the Niners lose, and they lose twenty three to seventeen, it's just kind of like man. All right, Chiefs are a buzzsaw. Niners didn't play well enough. You lost. If they get blown out, it's like man. They really just kind of fell apart down the stretch. Chiefs turned into a buzzsaw. Wow, what a defense. The Brock Purdy question comes up. Like, dude, they got into the biggest game and they got they lost 38 to 10. Like, oof. If, 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 if they were to lose, how, how would you see it going? I think like the 23 to 17 where the Chiefs are just kind of like better. I got you. But if they blow a late lead, there's no coming back from that. If they're up 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter and they lose 24 to 20, Yikes. We're getting the Shanahan late quarter stats out. Oh, dude, a thousand percent. And that's when, so I think any loss, but particularly that kind of loss, like that would sting. Yeah, don't, a loss with a story behind it. Yeah, it, and you're going to get the, can Kyle Shanahan, can the 49ers ever do it? Da, 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 da. Like that's going to be the thing. But dude, if, if it turns out that Brock Purdy is, and I don't think he is, so calm down. If it turns out that he is Tom Brady and just hides and masks all these mistakes moving forward. And the 49ers win the next four Super Bowls, or four out of the next 10 Super Bowls. Nobody's turning around and going, yeah, but Shanahan didn't win the big ones then, so his legacy is tarnished. Well, it's, it's like just, you said, it's a legacy game now, but three years from now, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it'll define what people think of Kyle Shanahan moving forward, but I don't. I, it, it's not like, oh, I think they should fire him if they leave. I'm not going TC on him. Yeah. I, I, or if they lose. Shout out TC. Shout out TC. Big, big TC guys. But no, I, I just... Um, I don't know. I, I I'm already annoyed at the discourse, especially if they if they lose in the fourth quarter, or if they blow a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, like you, like looking at it, like realistically, just as it's a football game, like a, a team on the other side is pretty good still too. Yeah, right, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it's probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, like the, the, so you go to all right. So they lose in 2019 to, to Patrick Mahomes. They just third and 15 Niners got pressure. He completes it to Tyree kill. The wheels kind of come off from there. Jimmy Garoppolo can't make a couple of plays. Ball game's over, right? 2021 Jaquaski tart drops an interception. Tart hauls that in the Niners probably win that game. Yeah. That was a big momentum changer right there. Yeah. That's not like Kyle Shanahan. And then they had chances to go down and score and Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't get it done. The Rams tied the game late. Niners don't get it done. Rams take the lead. Niners have a chance to go down and retake the lead. They don't. So that to me isn't like, wow, Kyle Shanahan just didn't have him prepared. And then and then Brock Purdy gets hurt against the Eagles, which I personally, I don't put that on Kyle Shanahan. So I, I there's nothing that's happened so far in Shanahan's tenure that says to me like, oh, he's not. He can't be the guy. They can't get it. 
they cannot get it done because of him. Well, yeah, when they're not decimated by injuries, they're one of the four best teams in the league every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like that. And that's the thing I do come back to, though, is there was talk about. So you remember in week seven and eight when they really got torched and, and a little bit less so in week six, but we'll lump week six in there too. that three that three week stretch where they lost three in a row. You you heard all about this effort from their defense. Like, man, the effort, the missed tackles were too high. The effort just wasn't there. They were out of gas, this and that. I heard that same kind of chatter after the NFC title game. And A, I think that's ridiculous. I think they just got pushed around. But let's say that's the case. And let's say they come out in the Super Bowl and it's the same thing where they, they just look lethargic. That is the thing that I'll come back to and that I'm putting on the coach. Is it a coach thing or is it just a matter of that's just one of the team's weaknesses though? Because I feel that's like going- a, that, then that's on the coach to me. That's fair. If it's a mindset problem, because I gave this is I give Kyle Shanahan so much credit in 2017 and 2018, and to a lesser extent 2020, when those seasons should have been over. Right? They were one in ten in 2017. Jimmy Garoppolo starts. They win five in a row. That wasn't just because of Jimmy. Jimmy Garoppolo made a big difference, but the team was still playing really hard. Yeah. 2018. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. They won a late game against the Seahawks. They uh, nearly beat the Bears, who were a playoff team that year. They beat Denver down the stretch of that season. They were playing hard for all 17 weeks. And I'm going, man, that's coaching. Like, these guys want to play for Shanahan and want to play for this coaching staff. If you're at the point that you're reaching the Super Bowl and you run into an effort problem, <laughs> like, that, that's, that's where I turn around and I'm going, what's happening there? What's happening in that locker room that made those players take the field and go, nah, not today. See, all right, to counter your point, though, isn't that just like a player problem, though? Because if you need your coach to get you pumped up when you're in the Super Bowl, like, that's on you. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, not, I think not a little pumped bit. Up, but like you said, like the effort and stuff on defense and all that. Yeah, I think, I think a little bit. Um, but I think when something like that happens, to me, it, it always comes back to the coach. Like, what's happening in the locker room that led that player to not be fully invested in the, the thing they were. And to be clear, I don't think that's going to be a problem. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I, I think the 49ers are in a space where I'm sitting here going, hey, this is probably their last shot to do this. George Kittle's 30. Christian McCaffrey's almost 30. Debo Samuel's almost 30. Eric Armstead is entering the twilight of his career. Um, They're, they're in this spot that they're not going to have a ton of opportunities to continue. Trent Williams... Is in his mid thirties. Yeah, if anything, you turn it around. It's not their last shot, but it's their best shot. Everyone, that's it. everyone that's is here. That's it. That's it. And that's why I know that that somebody might bristle like Kenny, going, "They got to win one this year. Like, this is just they got to do it." I agree. I don't think it's like I said. I'm not saying that it's fire everybody, blow it up. Everything's a disaster if they don't. But it is so hard to go to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. As you saw with the Niners the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my favorite team to win a playoff game. So <laughs> It is so damn hard. How many times have we seen a team that you go into the year and you're like, man, that's a great team. And then they, they flame out in the first or second round. There's always one every year. Every, right. It is so hard to go to the freaking Super Bowl. And I think expecting the 49ers to just go, oh, hey, they've been, they've been in the playoffs for the last five years. They've been to two of the last five. Super Bowls, they've been to four of the last five NFC Championship games. Yeah, they'll just kind of continue this. They'll just kind of continue. That's nuts. They've gotten so lucky to get to this point, and it's so hard at the beginning of a season to just circle a team. That it was the it was the Niners and the and the Eagles, Niners Eagles all year. 
And then it was like, oh, maybe we'll sneak the Cowboys in there. And sneak at the Cowboys. The Niners never left that upper echelon of team. Yeah, no. In the NFC. And then, you know, across the board, there's you know, the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills and the, and the Ravens. The AFC is so loaded. But the Niners were never really in question of like, hey, is this team a Super Bowl contender? Super Bowl odds come out every year and they're always near the top. Right. And that's really, really hard to do. And that's that's why I think this year, it's like, man, you had a, a n- not easy road, but as easy of a road as you're going to get in the NFC. You're probably, I don't want to say facing the weakest, I don't want to say weakest Chiefs team, but just... It is. Like, this it team is. doesn't have weapons on offense. You know, it's the least dangerous of the Chiefs teams that have go. been in been in Super Bowls yeah. recently. Uh, save for like, save for like the the twenty twenty uh, Super Bowl, the twenty twenty season, twenty twenty one calendar Super Bowl, where their offensive tackles were hurt. Yeah, and the Bucks He's just running for his off. life the entire right. game. Right, but like, save for that. This is, I, I think, the most beatable Chiefs team. And you avoided the Ravens, who kicked your ass. You avoided the Bills, who looked like a buzzsaw. I, I, I just you avoided the Dolphins, which I'll say for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you. So <laughs> you avoided all these teams, and you get a down down year for the Chiefs. If you're not doing it now, I don't know what you're doing. It's it. like we said, it's their best shot, man. Like they'll be around next year. They'll probably win the division the next three years. They'll be in the mix and all that. You'll be playoff, win games and all that. But like. Everything is there for them on Sunday. Yeah. I, just, mm. I guess why it's so nerve wracking. Oh, I bet. Like I'm just a, I try really hard. I'm going to be vulnerable for a minute. I try with my podcast and with my writing job to be like down the middle. I don't call myself a journalist. I'm not like James left the radio show early to go cover a press conference. He's at every home game for the Kings. I am not that. I go to some Niner games. I'm not around. I, I blog. I, I watch the team. I follow the team. I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm more of a commentator, right? Yeah. It's the same thing like Stephen A. Smith, commentator. Don't consider him a journalist anymore. Skip Bayless. Used to be a journalist. Now he's a commentator. Okay. That's where I land. But I try and like play down the middle. I try really hard to leave my what I want aside. And I look at it as objectively as humanly possible. And are my glasses rose-colored, red? You know, sometimes. Yeah, probably. Like that probably feeds into some of it, but I really try hard not to. Um, with this game specifically, I am trying so hard not to lose my mind. Like I try really hard to like, like all right, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like write, and it's gonna just be like down the middle, and I'm not gonna like freak the hell out, and I'm just gonna stay within myself. And then sure enough, first big third down of the game, I'm like standing up, I'm like hands on knees, I'm like deep breaths, I well, sweat a lot. That's just part of it. That's just part of being. I a know, fan. I know, and it's just I'm, I'm. As I was growing up, I I loved being a, a sports fan and I and I and I still do. But when I started to get into journalism and I started to see what it is about, because that was my degree at Sac State was journalism and uh, and mass comms. Shout out to the comms department. But my my whole thing was like, man, I I hope I cover a team that's not one of my favorite teams because I wanna I don't wanna have to like lose my fandom. And my fandom's definitely different now, mm-hmm. but it's not gone. Yeah. Like I still stress out. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like times are different now too. Like, oh, for sure. Where, like back then, it's like old school journalists, no cheering in the press box, blah 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 blah. Back blah, then, that. my college years are back then. That's crazy. Well, not you. That back hurt. Then. That no, hurt. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you, you, you and me. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Right. We hang out the bars together. You're good. Sweet. All right, we hang good. out Sky River together. We're good. Hell yeah, we do. But um, shout out Thirty Two Bruce Street. No, it's, it's different now. I think I think now you can you can't be a full fledged fan and all that. But like you said, it's just 
You can feel it though. Yeah, it's Bill Simmons. Like exactly. Bill Simmons started this mm-hmm. when he became a a nationally known person. That was when it became. And you see, like people on like the Ringer, and you see people at 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 like you got Ian Rappaport tweeting about how much he loves the Mets. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like 20 years ago you never would have would have seen anything like that. But uh, yeah, man, I'm. I would I would obviously I would love to see the 49ers win, uh, particularly like putting aside what I what I want. And what I would I would love to be able to celebrate that like with my mom like that's our like, we've been going to Niner games since I was eight years old, but aside from that like there's a content thing <laughs> yeah it's like man I need to I don't want to talk about another freaking Super Bowl yeah I'm, I'm asking you about that too because like you've been producer at um, other stations and stuff like that like is this just gonna be like your first like show hosting after like a big Niners game not like a divisional round or whatever but like after the Super Bowl where you like you're gonna have to share your thoughts and all that uh, I was on Niners post game for the NFC title game last year. Uh, but that was a weird one because it was like the game was over in the first quarter. <laughs> it was just kind of waiting for the clock to run out and yeah. figuring out how bad the score would be. Just and all that throughout the game. Yeah. It was just kind of over once he, once he was out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this will be the first time I've had to like come on after a championship loss if they lose. I mean, it could be a win maybe. Maybe. It's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be a good show to tune into on Monday. Yes. Oh no, no doubt. Like, there's gonna be so much to talk about. I just don't want to have to talk about another loss because I, like I said, I'm already tired of the Brock Purdy discourse. Yeah. I'm already tired of the Shanahan discourse. And it's like, ugh. Well, it's another thing too. Is like you see your team go every year. Like, all right, finally, this is the year. Because my thing too is I'm thinking like if they don't win this year, they're kind of a modern version of the Buffalo Bills from the '90s. You're not losing yeah. the Super Bowl every year, but it's just like, all right, these guys just can't do it. Well, <laughs> and they were so good. And for what? Mm-hmm. Like for. The 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 Shanahan era 49ers, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, are just going to be forgotten to NFL history. Yeah, they're just maybe maybe you make some documentary about the best teams who never won. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can you can be there, but nobody watches that. Nope. Nobody cares about that. And I think that's where a lot of the like anxiety and the and the stress come in is it's like like the Lions. All right, Lions lose the NFC Championship game. The Lions feel great about their chances to go back. Oh, that was the best year of some of their lives. The Niners. You saw with the Eagles. Like, it is hard as hell to lose a Super Bowl and then just pick up the next year and just go back. So if you're wiping 2024 off the calendar, now you got to go to 2025? You lose some guys, too. You're losing guys. You guys guys got guys getting older, less effective. (sighs) Big game on Sunday, Kyle. It's enormous. So you've got got the, the 49ers winning. Yeah, 23-17. 23-17. Yeah, right. Put it together. They're going to get points on the board. Shannon's finally going to do it. Is Kenny here? I would love to get Kenny's prediction. He's Kenny's here somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's, he's back there. He's, back, he's behind you. All right, that's fine. Is he wearing? What is he wearing? Today? He's got the gold satin jacket on. I'm so yeah. jealous of that jacket. God, that's so sick. Yeah. Kim came by the studio the other day. She said, hey, do you want a Niners friendship bracelet? I was like, uh, no, I don't think it'll go with my dolphin sweater I'm wearing right now, but thanks. Niners friendship bracelet? They're doing the Taylor Swift thing? Yeah, I guess. Are you in or out on the Taylor Swift thing? I'm in. Me too. Yeah. I'm all in, to be honest. Maybe that makes me lame, but no, it's if, good. It gets, if it makes more people watch football, I don't know why that's bad. Yeah. Like, the complaint about, like, they show her too much. I'm not looking at my TV anyway, bro. Yeah. Between plays, I'm scrolling my phone. Like I said, close your, um, close your eyes, cuff your ears, la, la, la. There. Yeah. Like, if you're annoyed by, I like, I get it. But it's fun. Not, just, just yeah, it's not fun. the end of the world, dude. Yeah, yeah. They show way more egregious things during football games. Exactly. I've seen Jaguars fans hop into pools of mayonnaise 
And you want to talk to me about Taylor Swift? I've seen Ed Reed lay a wide receiver on Brandon Slap right down the middle. That's worse than seeing Taylor Swift. <laughs> All right. Wow. It's a take. It's a take. Uh, ask Kenny real quick who's, who's Kenny, winning, who's winning on Sunday. Song. What's your prediction? Your mic is on. I'm coming. I need the people. Oh, he, he wants oh, the big okay. boy Here mic. Here we go. Oh, boy. I'll see you guys in the studio later. Stay yeah. here. I just need the Thanks people sir. to see me. We're out in like 30 seconds. <laughs> Niners, 31-24. We're going to talk about them all. I'm going to tell you how we get there. I'm going to let you know how we get there. Let's go. All right. D'Lo and Kenny coming up next on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.